I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one yet. It's on my Netflix. But I haven't seen that one yet. Hello. Oh. <coughs> uh, do. Uh. 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 It's the Waldorf and Statler hour. <laughs> okay, that that confirms that everyone's microphone works. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't all bad. It wasn't any good either. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a good Waldorf and Statler. Uh, so uh, it's it's I haven't seen that time, and we have with us Kathy Fisher, who is the uh, king of Brian Weekly. That's my job title. The yeah. Grand Inquisitor. Chief and, Inquisitor. And then that that foul boy is Mark Popham. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm Whitney Arner, and I've just spent the past two days watching all of the Lord of the Rings movies while drunk. So Now, yeah. Kathy, have you seen uh, Lord of the Rings? Yes, I have seen. I've seen all the Rings and the Lords. Uh, so, because I was like, man, given that Whitney has been watching those. I was like, maybe if Kathy hasn't seen them, maybe we'll have an excuse to talk about them while remaining within the, like, <laughs> concept of our podcast. But I guess that was not to be. <laughs> that just seemed, like, really unlikely that I would not have seen Lord of the Rings. Like, everyone has. Yeah. They're Literally every, every human being who's alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and most of the good ones. <laughs> All men, elves, dwarves, hobbits... Ants, giant spiders. Oh no, not the not, not those guys. Girls, why not? Why not? They have so many eyes, though. They can <laughs> they see any. Watch them all at once. Oh man, it really saves time watching a movie when you're a spider. <laughs> you have to have a lot of TVs, though. That's the problem. <laughs> well, you know, um, they, spiders catch a lot of riches in their webs. <laughs> That's how spiders work, right? You know, yes. I think the best thing about like like dungeon crawl video games and tabletop games and stuff like that is that you'll kill a rat and it'll have like a gun on it. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking the other day, like, like killing all these things and they're always carrying rings or like extra shoes or something. And it's like, you're a wolf. (laughs) Were you wearing shoes? I always like you when you have like a skeleton who has like a fork on him. (laughs) He's just carrying that around when he died. That was it. I mean, oh, that... just imagine it's so sad. He like he kept it because he would try to eat spaghetti, <laughs> and it would just it would just fall right oh, down. Get stuck in his ribs. Splat, just sort of rib. Really, you know, he was like, ha, ha, hey, I guess it, that's a really a, a meal that really sticks to your ribs, eh? <laughs> oh, I think skeletons have to be really into puns, just naturally. Uh, they, maybe the idea up is on that in the. That was that was good. No, it wasn't. In these in these in the lands in which these things take place, there's so much ambient background magic that like foxes and stuff feel compelled to carry sh- human shoes around. Uh-huh. Uh because they they want to become human and they understand that on some level. Or just in case they happen to become human. Yeah. They have a shoe. Yeah. Part of the way there. <laughs> it's just a, a fox where you know a fox becomes human and is just wearing one shoe and like, <laughs> no, one, it already. <laughs> no one will ever know that i was a fox 15 minutes ago <laughs> hello fellow humans <laughs> see i'm like you observe my shoe <laughs> direct me to your women and chickens 
the box is just like, okay, I think I can pull this one off. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, I, su- I assume the Fox, um, like, hierarchy of needs is <laughs> women and chickens. And cider, if the fantastic Mr. Fox can be believed. Oh, that is true. Mm. Wait, so are you, what is this, what is this legend of Grimrock of which I've heard so much about? I don't know. Oh, really? I have no idea what that is. No one here knows what it is. So congratulations. (laughs) We all haven't seen that. None of us have seen that. It's I, I, game is that, it a game? That, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's a game that people on Twitter have been talking about. That, and I was like, oh, it's available on Steam for Windows computers. And I threw my sucky Mac out the window. It's just like 1995 all over again. Um, okay, let's move on from from this thing <laughs> that no one has any concept of. Oh, we could guess. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like a like... very sad rock. A grim rock. It's, I bet it's actually like something that's like funny or something. Or it's like the story of the cure. Oh. I'm seeing like a 1970s and like dark anime, like Last Unicorn style oh, yeah. cartoon. That's what I'm feeling. Oh, I'd play that game. Yeah, right? It's it's It, it makes me think of um like, I'm, I'm thinking of like Brutal Legend and... Yeah, I've always like wanted her. to play as Schmendrick the Magician. <laughs> <laughs> or that tree with boobs. <laughs> you love that tree with boobs. That tree with boobs. <laughs> I want to play as the skeleton that drinks wine. Oh, it comes back already. Oh, yeah, and he, he cackles is, a lot, right? Who is voiced by Odo. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize that Rene Aubergenois is, uh, is in McCabe and Miss Miller. Uh, which is a really good Robert Altman film. I haven't Have seen, you that. seen that, Whitney. No, <laughs> no you haven't. <laughs> I win again. <laughs> so, just as a, a reference point for me, how much talking about DS Nine should I be expecting expecting out of this podcast? Well, we just—I mean, we got it out of the way. Okay, so that was like that was this episode, and we're out. We're done. <laughs> it actually comes up. I think that that's actually probably the subject that comes up most on this podcast. But that's in aggregate over the like. 25 episodes we've done so far i, I wanted you I, I wanted you to say over the 20 years we've been doing <laughs> ever since deep space nine first started airing we've talked about it once every week for every week eventually we started talking about other things <laughs> but we always have a place in our heart for talking about deep space nine we like deep space nine and new york chat new york chat and I feel like when we have people on who aren't from <coughs> New York, we should do New York chat, but like based around like mythical New York or we'll just make stuff up. Like, what do you mean by mythical New York? Well, once I see one where or instead of taking the R train, you take a rock. <laughs> do you want to see if I can like identify myths? Because I have spent some time in New York, so I'm not completely an idiot. Well, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a Midwestern hayseed, but I'm not totally a Midwestern hayseed. Um. I'm trying to think of, like, is, you know, what's, like, really famous New York City urban fantasy? I can't think of any. Like, they like, would be, like, known by people. I guess the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, I was, I was just thinking about, how about Jacob's Ladder? How about that? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> took a turn, it took a turn. Okay. <laughs> 
I really enjoy Gangs of New York, which is semi-historical. That's true. I haven't seen that. Really? Huh? Yeah. You, know, you guys should have a sound effect that plays every time someone says that. <laughs> I've been. I should get a bell. Yeah, exactly. Um, or a, right. like a whip crack sound. Um, yeah, I do have the instant rap horn app, but my phone's <laughs> all the way over there. I really would like Thank it if one God. of you just had a, a marimba at their, you know, in front of their microphone, and they could just, you know, <laughs> dong every time. <laughs> <and then. laughs> Um, Look, it's, a, it's a catchphrase. <laughs> I've, I think I've seen. I would say eighty percent of Gangs of New York. It's a long movie, isn't it's it? It's a yeah. very long movie. Yeah, I was about it, to say it gets worse as it progresses. That's the and I was about to say that movie's so long, but I literally just watched all of the extended editions. <laughs> of well, Gangs of New York doesn't, as far as I know, have any elves in it. You don't have. You haven't seen the end of it. You don't know. Oh well. <laughs> Neither has Mark, end, so. it, like, it like slowly pans back from everybody celebrating and there's a bunch of leprechauns on a ledge and being like, we did it! <laughs> ah, <laughs> the Irish one! Yeah. They couldn't have done it without us! <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that would be... Well, that, that would be a really good coda. You know, for spoilers. years, I always wanted to... So in Terminator 2... Um, there's a, there's a scene where a guy, th- like a security guard comes back to the front desk where he, where he's been patrolling and the other security guards not there. And he's like, oh. and he goes to the bathroom and there's a shot. And then you see what he's, what he's seeing. And he walks in and he goes, Gibbons, you just can't leave your desk like that. And then you see Gibbons, uh, a guy tied up in the bat, like on the ground of the bathroom. And then it cuts back to the other guy and he's shocked. And for years I've wanted to, to take the entire all of Terminator 2 and cut out the scene where you see Gibbons and cut in f- nature footage of actual Gibbons. <laughs> and then it cuts back and he's just he's like, oh, no, Gibbons. <laughs> that is so specific. I know. <laughs> Such a specific desire. <laughs> well, the thing is, you'd show it to people and they wouldn't understand that you'd change anything. Until that's and possibly like they wouldn't even really understand what you've done at all. I think most people are not paying close enough attention to any movie to probably even notice that happening. <laughs> Especially in a lot of- Terminator Two, yeah, they're like you know eating popcorn, waiting for Arnold Schwarzenegger to come back on screen, and <laughs> oh yeah, there's some Gibbons for no split seconds. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about security guards. Yeah, this is my version of Project Mayhem. <laughs> we're not gen x or we're post gen x so we've now achieved the ultimate version of irony which we're is now, completely harmless we're now splicing in single frames of like the dog meme into the movies <laughs> or just harmless nature footage just you know yeah you know it could just be a shot of some gibbons some some bad and then but then we find that super satisfying though that's the thing yeah um, who, yeah. who are your favorite movie security guards? Well, here's the thing. Oh. In Die Hard, the guy who's the cop... Wait, no, no. The, the, the dad in Family Matters is a cop in that as well, right? Yeah, he's, okay. he's a cop. Yes. I thought he was a security guard in that for a second, but no. Okay. Reginald Vell Johnson? Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's off the... That's his name, right? Yeah, that's off the... Who's on Twitter, list. I recently learned. Huh. Did he tweet it? Did you follow him? <laughs> no, I just saw him getting retweeted. What was he saying? It was I think Key and Peel did a, a sketch about Urkel, <laughs> yeah. So 
Ah, there was some sort it. of conversation, <laughs> some dialogue, some some irking out, some healing, maybe. <laughs> irk um, is not aged at all. That's the thing. That's why it's really disturbing. The irk. I haven't irking. I haven't seen him recently. You haven't seen that? Yeah. The irk. What does he do? Does does he do like regional theater? <laughs> Nothing. <now? laughs> do you, Jaleel White? I don't know. Yeah. He's like, on an episode yeah. of Psych. Okay. I okay, so that. you did that one episode of Psych. That's so that's, that's 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 my current knowledge of. Uh... <laughs> we should have our own version of IMDb where it's just things I think I remembered people in, and it's like this person. I think they were on SVU at some point. So returning to life before IMDb is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We should just prepare ourselves for for the apocalypse <laughs> when, when, when the big no IMDb. You know, goes off and all of the electronics stop working, and we're sitting around a sitting fire, ar- cooking a rabbit, <laughs> talking about going, who was on it. First of all, recollecting movies, telling each other stories of movies, and then also telling each other stories of the actors' careers who were in those movies that we can no longer see. Our new legends. <laughs> I wonder what Jeff Goldblum's doing now. <laughs> we tell yeah, stories of the old gods. <laughs> For a long while, he was on Family Matters. Then later, he was on one episode of Psych. That's all we know. But mother, what is Psych? his name be remembered? <laughs> I don't know, son. I never saw Psych. <laughs> it was on for nine seasons, and I saw not a one. Yep. I think it was on for a really long time, right? It was. Yeah. It was. It just ended. I watched the first season of it. It was pretty good. Yeah. It's silly. <laughs> I like it. I, I don't have any time for that. What do you have time for? Uh, a very just serious, all serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Just being, just frowning, frowning. Yeah, a lot of bird notice. Yeah, yeah. Bird, bird notice, notice has a lot of frowning. I watch Rizzoli and Isles, <laughs> and I watch Castle. That's it. I'm serious. You just frown while watching all of those. <laughs> I frown. I saw. I nod solemnly at the end of the episode. Turn off my TV, and then I stare at the wall just, for five yeah, hours. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get up. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> you just think about the morality tale you've seen. Yeah, consider. I mean, they're all about murders. They should be real serious. I consider, you know, uh, that human life is fleeting, that death awaits us all, um, just that kind of stuff. This so that's that's what those shows make me think about. It's kind of off-putting about bones. Is that like people? They'll find the bodies of people who were murdered in extremely horrible ways and immediately start wisecracking about them. Or yeah, like, and that they're all like just horribly mutilated, destroyed bodies. <laughs> yeah, actually, though, that might be more realistic. You'd think. I I think it might all well, because I I have a friend who is an undertaker, and I have never known anybody with as inappropriate a sense of humor as that guy. Well, I think. Well, the thing is, I think the weirder thing is, is that they're like. It's not just that they found a body. It's that they're actively investigating their murder and they'll be making fun of the dead person like the whole time. Like those like those chuckleheads in Hannibal. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. those chuckleheads. That show's too silly for me. I like more serious shows. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hannibal is super silly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think about like an extreme like a a cop drama that like no one ever smiles or displays emotion and it's just cops going through like really plotting and depressing murder investigations <laughs> true detective by, it's called by yes. the book <laughs> there by is the no book. smile true detective 
Uh, I actually did not see True Detective. Um, oh, God, it's so good. I watched the first episode while drunk and don't remember any of it. You should watch the whole thing while drunk. Oh, okay, and not remember <laughs> any of it. Sure, but, you will, but Matthew McConaughey will make you cry in the last episode, but you'll be real drunk crying. <laughs> like I have like been always. For... <laughs> yeah, just continuing to drunk cry, but to a different thing than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I only drunk cry for Samwise Gamgee. That's not true. That's, that's yeah, I'm pretty all. sure that's not true. <laughs> I drunk cried at so many things. Purely from reading your Twitter, I know that that's not true. Yeah, <laughs> it's like every other. T- well, I have I have an ebooks bot now. How did wait? So does this just happen at a certain point? No, Are I they... asked someone. I asked someone, and she made it for me. Alice. Who oh, was okay. Previous previous guest, Alice. Okay. I was like, I want an ebook spot, but I don't know how to make it. And she said, I can do that for you. And so she did. And now, if you tweet at uh, uh, Whitney underscore ebooks, <laughs> she will tweet back at you. She'll if, come if at you screaming. <laughs> if you're cute enough, she will. I used to have a uh, a commish bot. I miss the popular TV series, The Commish, starring Michael Chiklis. Also, very serious show. Yeah. So every time I don't think I've um, even heard of this show. (laughs) My God, (laughs) the commish, the commish. Yeah. So every time someone on Twitter, yeah, the commish, (laughs) the commish, ninety-one to ninety-six. I was literally a tadpole during that period of time. Yeah, but you watch the commish. No, Chickless, the commish. <laughs> so that's what the bot did. Every time someone mentioned Michael Chickless, it would go Chickless, the commish, and then Twitter banned it because it thought it was spam. It clearly wasn't. It was just. It was an art project. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen the shield? No, I haven't seen uh, I've the seen shield. episodes. Some episodes. I I saw the first episode of The Shield and that's where I learned that you well you can beat someone with a phone book and it won't leave a bruise. I think that was the I, feel, I, feel I like learned that one actually. on the street. Is that true? <laughs> no, I think that's like maybe if you if you like spank someone with a phone book or something. I well, if, you lately, if you fan the pages across their face, is that what it is? <laughs> to cool them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you tell if you tell them try to tear this in half and then they just get really frustrated and their arms get tired and they're like okay I'll talk stop making me do this. The that's a really good uh like cop show that we haven't seen yet where it's good cop cop who does like 1920s college dares. So <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Oh, you want a coffee?" and the other guy's like, "Bet you can't fit into this phone booth." <laughs> Oh, you don't want you don't want me to bring my partner in here. He's gonna swallow so many goldfish. (laughs) It's just the other the cop is wearing a floor length fur coat, and like it's just like bula 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 all the time. Uh, I love that this is the not not the first time we've talked about nineteen twenties college dares on this this podcast. That was actually after Deep Space Nine. After we did ten years of Deep Space Nine podcasting, we did three years just about. 1920s college dares you know when we did it on a dare yeah from the 1920s that's the highest 1920s college dare there is um to do a podcast in the 2000s it's too you know if if i could go back in time i'd find those books of 1920s college dares and i'd uh i'd insert uh kill hitler 
Yeah, that, see, that makes sense. That's a good dare. Because <laughs> at that point, and if you know, would have actually accomplished something, yeah. If- <laughs> just all of these like <laughs> y- whiffing poofs in like fur coats trying to kill Hitler, but being oh really God. like jovial about it. <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about whiffing poofs and fur coats in in World War One. Well, that's uh oh, guys, I was up late. <laughs> um, I was up late drinking a lot of rye, thinking about Samwise. Oh, oh man. You know, I watched the Two Towers once. Uh, Only well, once? No, okay. I I may have been under the influence of, of an opiate of some sort. Mm. I might not have for legal reasons. But uh, And watched the Two Towers. And it was maybe the most affecting film experience I'd ever had. <laughs> the end. Were but you watching Lord of the Rings on heroin? No, just on opium. <laughs> but the thing is, is that like... <laughs> When you think about it, it's kind of incredible that those three movies, like, that it's as good as it is. Yeah. Like, I it, mean, have it you, works have you seen really the animated where... version? <laughs> it works really well well as, like, a whole piece, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, Two Towers, yeah, I think is the best standalone one. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I like Return of the King, but it's it just makes me, it makes me so emotional. It's got too many endings. I like when they go to, when they're outside of Mordor in the extended edition and the dude comes out and his head is like 90% teeth. Oh, he's... oh yeah, that guy's my favorite. That That's guy, favorite like, like, and now I only saw that when I was watching all the extended editions and I was like, holy shit, I want to see more of this guy just being yeah, like they abusive cut him and, a, and a dick. <laughs> he's got such, yeah. he's so much mouth. <laughs> he's the mouth of Sauron, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like in the My books, sister is think, very, very into Lord of the Rings. In the books, I think it's like he's like a normal dude who like got in got on with Sauron. Uh like he was a human. And I like the idea that Sauron was like, You're gonna need a bigger mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some big sharp teeth in there. We've got all these extra teeth. <laughs> some spare orc teeth lying around, just jam them in there. Sure. Um, my fa- well, one of my favorite bits in the two towers is is that one ent whose head is on fire, yeah. And then he dunks his head in the river. Yeah, I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad. After they release the river, so good, oh, so good. I never, I didn't read Lord of the Rings the the books until after I saw the movies. Um, and like, okay. And because of that, I when I read the books and I got to Tom Bombadil and everybody had complained about how Tom Bombadil wasn't in it. And I read it and I was like, this guy sucks. No wonder they didn't put him in the movie. Yeah, well, the, I think Hot the moral takes. of the story is people who complain about movies not being faithful to books are generally dumbasses. Yeah. Have no idea how to make movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If and all now those Peter people were given like, oh. were directors, yeah, Peter Jackson would love to put everything in movies, and uh, he's that's like, "You why want everything?" That has not been very good. <laughs> Three Hobbit movies. Tom uh, Bombadil is actually in the Hobbit <laughs> now. Yeah, um, <laughs> the Battle of the Five Armies is just going to be like about fifteen minutes long, and then the rest is just Tom Bombadil. Singing. Tom Bombadil antics. <laughs> oh. and then he's going to release just a, a video. For all the people who complained, here's your fucking Tom Bombadil. I like the idea that Tom Bombadil is portrayed by Peter Jackson. 
<laughs> I did. I did ask on Twitter, you know, who should who if Tom Bombadil had been in in the movie, who should have played him? And my favorite answer was Stephen Colbert, because that would make that guy so happy. Oh man, yeah, just like I, they didn't, they wouldn't even need to put film in the camera. I would just be happy that Stephen Colbert thought they were filming him to be Tom Bombadil. <laughs> That's all I, I need. I briefly pulled my headphones out of the bag. So, sorry about that, everyone. Are we all going to touch our microphones now? I've Let's been licking mine for the past half hour. Do you mean touch them together? Like, Yeah, touch the tip. Yeah, yeah. Just, so, the, tip. just the tip. Just the tip. Boop. Oh. I'm curious about you two. <clears throat> You're aware that you live in the same city, right? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you could be actually podcasting while staring at each other, looking deeply into each other's eyes. Well, this is which, the thing. To me, it would I be think, more effective. I believe that technically it's actually a lot more difficult to podcast with two people in the same room. Um, yeah. Because I, I think don't know you... how to do that. That's my. So like... it's really it's a technical consideration. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's more like a caring thing where, like, I don't care enough to learn about audio production. I mean, I'd like to learn, but it's also like probably expensive. Do you and also, are there like uh, Brooklyn Brainery classes on that stuff? Yeah, probably, actually. I was actually thinking the other day, I was like, you know, I'll bet Whitney would really like to learn more about audio production. This sounds like I'm making like a weird like joke, but it honestly, it was like a series of thought that I had. Yeah, I mean, as opposed to the weird stumbling through audacity that I've been doing for the past two years of kind of figuring out how it works. But now you're probably pretty good at it. I'm decent. I mean, I, I put together that, uh, that kitten piece, uh, kitten penis <laughs> sketch. Kitten yeah. And that has several sound, cat sound effects in it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what and purring sound effect. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That been complex. You, I assume that you made that purely, that was a, like a technical, Effect. She foleyed that. She yeah, you f- did you foley it, or did you use like a synthesizer and 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 concoct it? I went I went out into the field. I literally went out into a field and found a barn cat, and I rubbed its tummy. Uh huh. That's very method. Yeah. <laughs> Although, when I was uh, everyone, you should you should be listening to Brian Weekly anyway. But no. Oh, okay. You're done with it. I don't. It's not I don't for them. I don't think anyone, should, especially not your listeners, but really just anyone, I don't think they should listen to Brian. Okay, it. well, don't listen to, I think it's in Worm Day, Kitten Penis. Yes, it is. Yeah. Episode 33, Worm Day, has a sketch I wrote that involves Mark talking about his kitten penis. Yeah. Because he has a calico kitten. I would say it doesn't just involve him, it, he, that he is potentially like the featured character in that sketch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Well, his, I mean, the penis. The His penis is the star feature character. of the show. Yeah, is my kitten penis. But when I, it starts with with like making out noises, and I spent a long time on the internet looking for like kiss sound effects, and all of the all of the sound effects that I could find like on various free sound effect things were like just like one smooch, smooching. Yeah, and I'm like, I need, yeah, I need gross making out noises, and in the end, I just had to do them myself alone. In my apartment. <laughs> on a I Sunday will say morning. that you're successful because they, they do really gross me out every time I listen to that. <laughs> I mean, they're no lasagna eating, but. 
Yeah, oh. I've, I've definitely won. <laughs> well, that, that does make me physically sick to listen to that. Uh, so gross. <laughs> well done. Based on, based on the time I watched Kathy eat lasagna. Yeah. Based on the real recording of really me eating lasagna. <laughs> Garf's scarf. I'm just imagining like like an exterior shot of like an old style Italian restaurant, you know, with the um, with the the red plaid tablecloths and stuff. And it's an exterior shot. You guys walk in and you hear the door click and then you just hear screams and then just like pasta noodles are are hitting the window (laughs) with big splats. (laughs) And then just the screen, you know, slammed a black garf scarf. Yeah, and it's like the, the letters <laughs> run, but instead of running red, they run like kind of orange, and there's some ricotta orange. in there, and like yeah, uh, with the sauce. Yeah, yeah. A Chef Boyardee style sauce. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> some eats. Um. Authentic pasta eats. Mm-hmm. We'll 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 all die. That'll be great. Wait, uh, I do hope I. I dial it from lasagna. That sounds nice. Really? Like not eating it though, but being like smothered by it. Yeah. Oh no, that's what you can just please do that. Like, oh just just put me between a couple of noodles. <laughs> just bake me. Just <laughs> I want it I want it I want it to be like Temple Grandin's hug machine, but made out of noodles. <laughs> um we're getting put to me the to part of the year of where I start fantasizing about bathing in soup. Where, like, when it's really cold out, I want to just get tons of the broth that they use for faux and pour it into my bathtub and just sit there in, like, a nutritive broth. Yeah. But why would you ruin someone? I mean, you get the same sensation generally by just running a hot bath. But then, you know, it's... Do you? I don't know. I I feel like I would feel, like, my body sucking up the nutrients through my skin. That's definitely, you would get maybe a lot of salt probably through your skin. Oh, you'd probably end up thirstier. I mean, I, I don't know what, I don't yeah. know what faux broth will do to your grundle. <laughs> and I think you'd probably end up, sli- there's going to be a lot of fat in there. So you'd end up sort of slick and slippery. Is that what you want? Sort of. <laughs> this is sounding better and better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. I also want to do this. Actually, the thing is, I want to do a web series where one, where like each episode is me bathing in a different type of soup. So like you'll have matzo ball soup. Or something like that, but then like Manhattan clam chowder. <laughs> so this is this is interesting because I think in college, me and several of my friends considered one of the best and subtlest pranks would be putting bouillon cubes in someone's shower head, oh. <laughs> so that they smell like meat throughout the day. <laughs> they don't know why, or they start, start tasting their shower and it's got meat flavor. That but it's interesting kind of that you incredible. want to do this voluntarily. <laughs> well, just just like once a week, though, not like not for every, not every day. Yeah. Okay. Oh, not yeah. Every like, that's not an everyday thing. I that's want to keep it pages. special. Yeah. On Sunday and the Lord's Day. My wonton soup baths. Uh, I was thinking about you know get the egg drop soup. That'd be oh. interesting. Just think of what a mess that do to your pipes that you're trying to drain that out, and you get little bits of egg getting jammed. And well, this is why I think you would need like a big. Like soup, blender, I guess a soup machine, <laughs> like like something that you know, like cannibals would be cooking, uh, explorers uh, in in a, in an old cartoon, in an old like racist cauldron. cartoon, giant, in an old racist a giant cartoon. cauldron over a fire is what you're saying. No, I'm, I'm I'm thinking more of like 
like a really nice like stainless steel giant human size pot. like a Le Creuset but the size of a bed. Yeah. Oh. I mean, the, the, really though, the, I think the the point stands. What do you do with all that soup once you're done bathing in it? Are you going to eat it? Who else would eat that? You feed man it to soup? the orphans who have lined up outside of oh, your but door. They, oh, they got all kinds of human bacteria in that soup. It's orphans, it makes them man. stronger. And obviously, I would be showering before I got into the big bowl of soup. So it's sort of like going into a pool. Yeah, I'm just going to be like honest with you. If I was a millionaire, I would really do it up. <laughs> I would have a lot of things that I would do, is what I'm yeah. saying. You'd have a special bathroom just for your soup baths. Oh, my gosh. And it has a garbage disposal in the bath drain, is what you're saying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I actually, like, when I was a kid, I was thinking about, like, what I would want in, like, my dream house. And one of them was a room where, like, every surface was mattresses and that's where i would sleep and then i was like oh and i'd like a bathroom where it's like like a ton of shower heads and a big french drain in the center and then i was like i'm actually describing like a penitentiary <laughs> like i'm describing a padded room and a bathroom where you get sprayed down with hoses yeah and you want a shower that only has cold water no hot water yeah. or very yeah. either cold very cold or very hot and you know what? I should just get one of those uh, disused prisons in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. Come and live in a disused asylum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, everything's coming up roses. <laughs> it's like, if only I could have my bedroom, but have like, you know, one of the walls be just completely transparent. <laughs> so you're saying basically as a child, you were... Uh, essentially an old man disturbing eccentric already yeah yeah pretty. i was <laughs> like you know more well that's old mr Popham who lives up in the old asylum all He's by himself <laughs> really a child it's just a child up there benjamin buttoned your weirdness <laughs> I, but i mean everybody's weird as a child right oh yeah uh <laughs> kathy was extremely normal I mean, I told you about how serious I was already. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you probably already, you basically have an idea of what kind of child I was. You were basically an actuary as a child. <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time uh, just working with spreadsheets. Facts and figures. Uh, mostly, yeah, I would just put down numbers and then, you know, add them up. I would check them, I would, you know, copy them down again. Yeah, I'd write them on paper. I would add them up again. That type of stuff. I like the idea that you would be a little kid that would tell, like, like make up you'd have lists of facts that you'd recite to your parents but not in a cute child way you would just walk up and be like fact the platypus although a mammal lays eggs <laughs> well how do you describe like, potentially just it. an autistic child oh. <laughs> i just thought you were describing child john hodgman yeah, yeah that's, that's probably, probably what true. it was like <laughs> yeah. i still have my cough guys what about your party jokes man I got him right here. Oh, good, uh, you want, good. You ready for some some party joke? You want a party joke? Was, let's see. Don't expect me to laugh because I'm very serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trying to. <laughs> I'm really hoping you're gonna tell a joke that'll break Kathy, and like it'll just be like it'll be like uh like the end of uh, uh the Christmas Carol. The house detective, hearing odd noises from the room of a female guest, knocked on the door and re- inquired sternly. Are you entertaining in there? Uh, just a minute, came the reply, and I'll ask him. Ew. Ah, House yeah. detectives. That's a yeah. weird thing. That they, 
Did, did, like, every hotel just have a detective that stayed there in case of murders? Ear to the wall and... I would guess it's more like stealing stuff. Yeah. I would guess it's more like Odo. Trashing hotel rooms. (laughs) Everything's like Odo to you, isn't it, Mark? (laughs) Man, is there, there like, a... Is there one of those episodes that's like the, the ones that Patrick Stewart always did where he pretends to be a detective... But it's it's on Deep Space Nine, and it's like a California noir thing with Odo. I I wish there were. Damn it! Anyway, you could probably write a letter to someone and see if you could get that going. <laughs> I got it. You got another web series on your hands. Yeah, God, there's so many. Me in pajamas, me in soup. <laughs> Odo's noir adventures. Anyway, um. <laughs> The young executive greeted his attractive secretary warmly as he entered the office. Good morning, Marge, he said, tossing his briefcase on the desk. I had a dream about you last night. Flattered but wishing to appear aloof, she casually inquired, Oh, did you? No, her boss replied, I woke up too soon. Wait, what? I guess. What's his, I guess he the didn't joke? ejaculate in his dream. Or did he deliberately wake up because he didn't? Was like, oh, I don't want to dream about her. Uh, we we can only find out one way, guys, by time travel. <laughs> I thought you were going to be I like guess. by turning to the back of the book where the answers to all these <laughs> jokes <laughs> are explained. Every joke is is painstakingly explained. It's a, it's, oh. it's a that's a, it is funny just, because <laughs> it's just titled "That's the Joke." <laughs> I got I got another one. Strolling into the admitting office of a large hospital, a well-developed lass told the nurse on duty that she wanted to see an upturn. You mean an intern, don't you, dear? Well, whatever you call it, I want a contamination, replied the girl. You mean examination, corrected the nurse. Maybe so, allowed the girl. I want to go to the fraternity ward. Maternity ward, said the nurse with a slight smile. Look, insisted the girl, I don't know much about big words, but I do know that I haven't demonstrated for two months and I think I'm stagnant. I don't even know. <laughs> this woman is pregnant and mentally ill. <laughs> She's possibly had a stroke. Yeah. Or is it just, is the other side just that, is it supposed to be in this sort of very, very weird languagey way that she has not demonstrated how sexy she is recently, so she wants a man from a fraternity to have sex with her? Oh, I think so. Yeah, and she needs I think to be that's a, get, a, get a real upturn. She needs to be upturned, whatever that means. She needs, she needs to be contaminated. <laughs> so yeah, it's like it's like, it, like a it could be funny. She's to be contaminated by a by a fraternity, so she can no longer feel the stagnation in her life. She's never de- hasn't demonstrated recently. So this is a Morrissey song. <laughs> and there's no stagnation in my life. I said, leave me alone. Um. I didn't know we were having him on as a guest. <laughs> Morrissey's here, guys. Morrissey. He'd say some terrible things about the Chinese. Uh, wonton soup. Yeah, yeah. when I mentioned wonton soup, he'd be sputtering with fury. Um, uh, yeah, hit us up with another party joke. Oh, okay. Make it one that's explicable to our modern minds. <laughs> I find a, yeah, find a funny style joke. All right. <laughs> <laughs> one of those one of those old fashioned laugh style jokes you say. 
joke style humor. Instead oh, of this one, complaining about my ex-wife style humor. This this one appears. I this I think this one is uh, involves uh, making fun of Russians. Let's do it. Finally, loping yeah. down a Manhattan street, the boxer stopped and wagged his tail in a friendly greeting at a Russian wolfhound. Likewise, unencumbered by college color or leash, how do you like America? He asked. Well, it's different from my homeland," said the wolfhound. "In Russia, I eat bones dipped in vodka and caviar. In Russia, I have my own." doghouse made of rare siberian woods in russia i sleep on a rug made of thick warm ermine then why did you come to america i like to bark once in a while oh so freedom of dog barking in in soviet russia even or dog like is not Tsarist a russia maybe in soviet <laughs> russia is there a law against dogs barking yeah. There was. That's what I got from that joke. Our unabashed dictionary defines the difference between picnic and panic as 28 days. Between picnic and panic? Because you have sex at the picnic. That's that's what... And then you have, there's panic if you have not gotten your period 28 days later. And that's when the Unwanted come. pregnancy. The joke is unwanted pregnancy. Yeah, it's a Killian Murphy joke. It... It really feels like a lot of these, like, you can definitely tell that our mindsets are kind of different now. <laughs> I think because I, a lot I, of these are like, I'm reaching to make them funny. I've got, I've got one that's uh, racist about the Scottish. Thank God. Limbo dancing okay. was invented by a Scotsman trying to enter a pay toilet. <laughs> what? <laughs> because he's so cheap. Okay, I guess I'm also wondering, are pay toilets, do they have, like, turnstiles? I guess. Wait, is it a pay toilet? Uh, let's see, the impression I got immediately from that was that there was a child's pay toilet with a very small door. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was wrong, though, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, child's pay toilet. <laughs> so it costs less because it's just the child size one. <laughs> So is the oh the senior toilet is also discounted? Also the one uh, for students and educators. <laughs> I think it's probably a purely height based thing. So there's a whole series of toilets with different heights of doors, <laughs> like down to Matryoshka size. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, so uh, Hobbit pay toilet. Yeah, so Hobbit pay toilet. I would say they probably tend tend to use child's pay toilet because yeah. it's not it doesn't discriminate about who you are. It's just how tall you are. The poop shire, they call it. Oh, no, Poopshire. Poopshire. Lord of Poopshire. Lord Poopshire. Uh, that could be me, actually. You're if Lord Poopshire? If I went to my family home of Poopshire. Lord Poopshire Putman. <laughs> your, your ancestral estate. <laughs> it's a giant castle. James Bond has Skyfall, and you have Poopshire. Poopshire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I would love to see a, like... Uh... Let the poop... <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a like uh like British countryside comedy thing where it's James Bond and his family and they live next to like like rural Bertie Wooster hayseeds. <laughs> In oh, Paris everyone dates until the wee hours. 
Uh, oh, is that a joke about sex? Consent? consent? Yeah. <laughs> in Paris, consent is sexy. <laughs> Weirdo. Even back in the olden times. Oh, I found some limericks, guys. Oh, God. Yes. A broken down harlot named Tups was heard to confess in her cups. The height of my folly was wooing a collie, but I got a nice price for the pups. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bestiality limericks. This is a nightmare. <laughs> We're half dog, half human children. Well, yeah, those would sell. That she sold? <laughs> First of all, yeah, it would be extremely valuable because certainly no one's seen that combination of animals before. Especially not with a collie. This is, oh. It would be a handsome, I would probably be interested to see a half human, half collie because I like most collies and some humans. Have you seen yeah. Supernatural? Because one yes. of those guys is obviously half collie. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Dean? 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 Sammy? Dean! No, he's more like Dean these days. Oh. Yeah. He's gotten very Dean-y, you know? <laughs> I'm glad he can finally go through, you know? He went through puberty, yet. yeah. He Good went through dog puberty. You went through dog puberty, which is uh, where your your lipstick penis starts merging on a regular basis. <laughs> Just to come out and see what's going on. Like a little curious snake. Hey, guys! <laughs> Whoop! Here I am! Uh, this is this is the next great Pixar film. <laughs> Whoop! Hey, guys, it's me! Lipsticky! It's, it's a film set in a dog pound, but and you think that it's going to be about the dogs and their relationships, but it's actually all of their penises talking to uh-huh. each other. You're like, and then I'm just watching it while drunk going, I don't understand how this society formed. Just trying <laughs> yeah. to find something nice to rub up against. <sighs> and somehow one of the dog penises' parents are dead. <laughs> Yeah, there's a scene at the beginning where everyone that's a really tearjerker because of the penis and the people he loved. The other penises he loved. He's lost over the years. I'm, I'm glad we could talk about cat penises and dog penises in completely different ways. Have Next you up, on the show yet mentioned penises. Have you mentioned those terrifying tortoise penises? No. No. Way worse than any other animal penis that I've seen. Really? Yeah, it's it a, a, the head of a tortoise, but on the top of a. Penis. No, you're thinking too much like a human. What a human penis looks like. This is a far more foreign alien concept. It's insane. It's very, very large. God, it's like I way can... larger than you. <laughs> I'm opening ever up think. private browsing right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, if you ever there's a video that I love that what uh... we all watched in a where it's a bunch of it's a bunch of drunk southern people. Middle-aged women. (laughs) Yeah, drunk, southern, middle-aged women watching a turtle and his giant, weird turtle penis. fuck? (laughs) Come all over the deck. This is a nightmare. Dude, it's like a dinosaur that spat on Newman. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks like ice cream, melted ice cream on on a sidewalk when it comes. So, you know, it's something that once you see it, you can't ever unsee it, but... You know, I don't I'm know. kind of surprised that HG that Lovecraft didn't mention these. Like I'm also point. definitely surprised that HG Wells didn't mention them. <laughs> <laughs> so it would have been it would have been sort of a strange aside. And in the so, back of the time machine, <laughs> long passage about a tortoise penis. <laughs> I was like, that was weird. Well, 
You know, all those authors back in the days had had weird little obsessions. (laughs) Someone someone go edit H.G. Wells' um, Wikipedia entry. (laughs) Common and like authorial signatures always mention tortoise penis. Yeah. Hey guys, guys, I'm just wondering when when do I talk about things I haven't seen? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, I hadn't up until this point seen a tortoise penis, so. So, Kathy, right. there's your conceit right there, Kathy, man. Kathy, what's something you haven't seen? I have not seen, proudly have not seen, the three sort of um, things that are held up as the pinnacle of the John Hughes 1980s over, okay. over which is uh, Breakfast Club, Heather's, and uh, what's the other one? Pretty in Pink. <laughs> I haven't seen that either. What was the other one I was thinking of, though? Ferris Bueller? No, I've seen Ferris Bueller. There's one other one. Just imagine there's one other one on that list. Yeah. But Heather's isn't a John (laughs) Hughes movie. It's not. Well, it seems like it's in the it's in the the genre. Eighties, eighties teen films. I've never seen Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, The Breakfast Club. Sixteen Candles. That's it. I haven't seen a bunch of those movies. I have seen Heather's, though. Yeah, I haven't seen um. Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles. So, but I've seen I've seen the Breakfast there Club. There it is, buddies. America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I just the th- I often resent being told by other people that I need to or should have seen them because I have no interest in them at all. Good. Heather's is. Pretty I'm proud good, of that. I, I want to but... say that I want to announce that to the world, and now I have. So I'm done. So I am did. proud of my <laughs> ignorance, says Kathy Fisher. I don't like. First of all, I don't like romanticizing. 80s which is what people do a lot these days and i also really hate anything about high school because high school is like the least interesting thing in the world to me yeah oh 100 <laughs> percent um i just want I, I just want kathy to know that since you use the word midwestern hayseed i've just been picturing you like in in overalls with <laughs> yeah that's what i'm wearing like today a, like oh. a like a a straw hanging out of her mouth yeah yeah, yeah. i've got my straw i'm chewing on my straw i had i went out into the field and i picked it and you're like, that's a, a, that's a day's work done. And then you went yeah, inside got, to watch Rizzoli and Isles. I've got sort of like, um, you know, very ruddy cheeks and like three freckles on each of them. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually, you know, I'm wearing a big straw hat, uh, all plaid shirt, uh, work boots. And then um, I've got a bow in my hair to indicate that I'm female. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> yeah. I was really uncertain in that whole description. Yeah, it was not clear what gender I was. Oh, your eye, you have... Uh, your eyelashes are extra long too, right? Yeah, I have oh. extra long eyelashes and really exaggerated lipstick and okay. then a bow. Okay. Sorry, I imagined you going to a ch- church dance, but your bow gets knocked off, and then you begin a romance with the preacher's daughter. Uh huh. Really yeah, cute. I can. That's how I. I can just swap uh, gender alignment really quickly. Just bow on, bow off, that type of thing. It's the square dancing version of Orlando. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier. It's a lot less like actually having to change my physiology. <laughs> it's the, Let's uh, talk about obscure Virginia Wolf for the next. <laughs> uh, I've seen that and I've read that. That's right. I read a book. <laughs> I haven't. I have. I was not aware that there was a movie of it. It's got. Oh, it's, yeah. 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 Uh, it's got exactly hmm. the person that you would hope to be in it. Yeah, the, the correct actress. Yeah, <laughs> for that film. 
yeah, that that movie was a uh, was very uh, mind blowing to young wit. In many ways, I was like, "This is important. <laughs> this is making me think about things, feelings, stuff." Ugh, I had cool. those. Ugh. Yeah, I don't do that. I'm very serious. Oh yeah, you don't ever go uh or. I don't have uh, feelings or thoughts. Okay, okay, not even wow, about Rosalie and Isles. I well, I I contemplate. I feel like I contemplate Rosalie and Isles, but I don't. I don't really. Think about how else it. are you going to write your fan fiction? It's like a it's like a Zin Cohen that you uh, you consider, but you don't come to a concrete like the least popular yeah. Cohen brother. <laughs> the Zen. Ethan Joel and Zen. <laughs> Zen does not make very. He makes movies. They're not good though. Story or are they? Never kind of makes you think about it. Hmm. Zen Cohen is just like it's actually a video of me watching Rosalie Isles and then sitting <laughs> staring at her wall for three hours. Some people find it really deeply affecting. Um, other people dislike it. I, I, yeah. I guess people dislike. It. I like Pretty the idea quirky, that the though. first of it is just Rosalie and Isles, and then when it, the credits roll, it slowly pulls back from the screen, and it's you sitting there. Well, so some so some of the movies are like that, where they actually start all the way zoomed in on the screen. Some of them actually have sort of my silhouette, like the back of my head and my shoulder, sort of in the corner of the shot, and then looking over my shoulder at Rosalie and Isles. So there's some variation between it, and you know, the framing's slightly different from film to film. Because he gets different cinematographers. Yeah, and he well, yeah. So he does about one per episode of Rizzoli and Isles, which <laughs> let me. Ch- I'm not sure if it's on air anymore. I watch. I have a lot of them on DVD and You're, also uh, VHS backups that you made. And I've got all of the available, yeah, formats in case something happens. I also have, uh, you know, eight millimeter films and the printed out scripts. You chiseled yeah. them it's- into stone as mosaics, individual episodes. <laughs> It's is it still on TV? Yeah, yeah I think so. It's, it's got it, five seasons. <laughs> here's the crazy thing about Rizzoli and Isles. If you told me it had been on for a decade, I would have been like, Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> the only time, Isles is timeless. It's never it's never not been on. <laughs> the only time I've ever seen Rizzoli and Isles, like anything of it, it was they were playing it in the endless commercials they play before the movie starts, before the trailer starts. It was like b- behind the scenes peek at Rizzoli and Isles. And I'm like Okay, this is a show. It's about women. I guess so, they're cops. I oh, so one's a detective and one's a medical examiner. Obviously, I knew this because I watch Brazilian Isles every day. <laughs> you're just you're just telling us to make sure. We're yeah, informed. I'm just yeah, yeah. letting you guys know. Us up. They're sort of a pair. Each day there we is, watch Brazilian and Isles in silence. You'd think it would make sense for there to be a lot of sexual tension between them. But there's not. They they take their job seriously, oh. and they don't bring their emotions into the workplace. I thought that the whole thing is that all of the ads for Resilient Isles imply that they're in a lesbian relationship, and that's not actually on the show at all. Yeah, well, I don't know about the. Ad. I don't want to watch ads. I just watch the show. You're like, I don't follow <laughs> the problem well, ever... that is put out there to sell this to the public. They very rarely show ads for the show you're watching while it's on. <laughs> So I don't. If I'm not watching Rosalind Isles, I'm never going to see an ad for Rosalind Isles <laughs> because that's all that you watch. Yeah, that's the only thing I watch. So what else would I? Where else would I see the commercials? <laughs> like bus shelter ads. I want to ask. Don't, no, I don't, in the Midwest, we don't have buses. I want to ask Kathy a serious question. Okay. Who's your favorite, Rosalind or Isles? <laughs> Shh. 
Yeah. Oh my god. I don't think you could have asked me a harder question. <laughs> you know, we've been talking for a while, and I felt it was time to get down to the really, you know, the nitty gritty, the really serious. Because this is a. You know. Okay. So, Detective Jane Mazzoli, <laughs> obviously, is she has a lot of pluses that make me like her a lot. Um, she's a detective. She's a great cop. She's excellent at catching murderers. But on the other hand, medical examiner Dr. Maura Isles, you know, she does all the science. Like, she actually looks for the evidence. <sighs> so if I had to pick my favorite, though. Take your time. It's fine. I would have to say uh, it's Jordan Bridges' Frankie Rizzoli Jr., oh. um, who is Rizzoli's son, obviously. Yeah. I, don't, I like him the best. Right. I mean, I, I, this is, I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, come off as being that type of person, but I hate women. Oh, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. That makes we three all of here, us. Buddies, don't worry. <coughs> yeah. Um, Why do you think I loved Orlando so much? You like women who turn into men sometimes. Yeah. Although he was, Orlando was a man who turned into a woman. Oh, I watched Let's, it. In, I watched it in backwards. <laughs> You, you watched, watched the it backwards. Memento version of the uh... yeah, I watched I, I watched the Memento. Uh, Memento, I haven't seen that. <clears throat> oh, it's okay. I hear it's backwards. Sounds Not confusing. Really. It's just all mixed up. But I haven't seen that. I've only seen Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> there has always only been Rizzoli and Isles. Uh, for the same amount of time that we've been doing this Deep Space Nine podcast, you've been doing a Rizzoli and Isles podcast. Um, but you haven't produced it anywhere or recorded it. You've just spoken yeah, it, for two plus hours about Rizzoli and Isles every day for the past yeah. 20 years, long before Rizzoli and Isles was actually on television. And it's called um, Miles of Isles <laughs> and Reaping Rizzoli. That's what I call it. And I do, yeah, I, I sit at my desk and I stare blankly at the wall and I speak into a microphone, it's not on, um, about Rizzoli and Isles at length, much longer than the actual episode. Oh, yeah. I can, I can talk about Rizzoli and Isles for a very long What's time. What's your favorite episode of Rizzoli and Isles? Oh, God. See, you're asking me all these really hard questions that... Well, we're, a, we're a hard-hitting hard interview podcast. But if I'm a, it's a Rizzoli and Isles, I'm a maniac. I'm a Rizzoli Isles maniac. Yeah. You're actually a serial killer. And you love Rizzoli and Isles. You hope I that someday. I'm a psychopath about Rizzoli and Isles. So it's really hard for me because I obsessively love every episode and I know every detail of everything that's <laughs> ever happened on Rizzoli and Isles. So it's really difficult for me to pick a favorite. It's like. It's, it's, can it's you pick your favorite? Finger? <laughs> or eyeball? Are those episode titles? Probably. Finger Eyeball. That's uh, season three, episode five. Oh, Finger Eyeball? Not Finger, finger, finger or Eyeball. Okay. Is that, a, is that a two-parter? No, it's one It's one episode. They, they handle both the finger oh. and the eyeball. Okay. Uh, sorry. I'm going to say, though, because, you know, it's hard for me to pick, but I can pick because uh, I'm, I'm good at that kind of thing because I know everything about Riddle and Isles. And I have to say, my... My yeah, my favorite episode uh, aired August fourteenth, twenty twelve, and is called "Melt My Heart to Stone," mm-hmm. in which Frankie's promotion to detective goes to someone 
the detectives have a history with. The man Mora saved in the morgue returns to a cold reception, and the case of the week is a body encased in plaster on public display in a fountain, and it's not the first or the last. Wow. That's my favorite episode. I, and I'm really impressed about how you could kick that synopsis right off the top of your head. I have them all memorized. It, oh, okay. was, very, it was very terse. Um, well, you know, I'd like to get to the main points of what's going on. You know, no need to mince words about Rizzoli and Isles. I could talk at length about it, but what, that's what my podcast is for. Oh, that's Well, I mean, you know, you could I mean, scream wildly about it for hours. Uh, but uh-huh. That's what the podcast is for. I mean, yeah, I mean, we like people to be able to plug their their work here so hang out yeah, outside so they, of my again, apartment to hear me howl about Rizzoli and Isles yeah I mean I usually keep the window open and uh you know sometimes get a crowd a little bit of a crowd out there um so I once also, again that podcast is Miles Biles and Reaping Rizzoli I also like the idea since you mentioned you're a hayseed that you're in a farm you're in a farmhouse no one's around for miles but when you scream out the window about Rizzoli and Isles like like coyotes come up and gather around and they just, they just, they don't even, they don't sit. They just stand there staring with their, bl- their glinting eyes. And there's one you. human and he's only wearing one shoe. <laughs> <laughs> and he's yeah, loudly asking if I have any fox or any uh, chickens or women available. Cider if you've got it. And you're like, Cider no. if you've got it. I'm like, no, get out of here. You're a fox who's been transformed into a man. Get out. You don't a seven tailed fox. No, it's it's a man. It looks like a man. I don't know what kind of fox he was originally. I understand that you think that was a Naruto reference, Mark. No, that was just a Japanese folklore reference. Japanese shit. (laughs) Japanese shit. That's my other podcast. (laughs) Just Japanese shit. (sighs) I had it. Actually, I had a dream last night. That neither of you could make it to the podcast, and so I just recorded myself talking for an hour and a half. That's what is literally happening here. We're <laughs> not here, Whitney. You've been <gasps> fantasizing us, but there's like lots of long pauses in yours where you're just pretending to hear us speak and occasionally laughing. Rizzoli <laughs> yeah. and Isles, you... that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Miles of Isles. What kind of a podcast name is that? It's a good one. And Reaping Rizzoli. It's not not an elegant title. I'll say that. More like more like smiles of miles of aisles. Are you miles of smiles reaping? for aisles. Like, hmm? are you saying reaping Rizzoli? Like with a reaping, <laughs> like a grim reaper. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did. Like I did. Think you, I did think at first that you were saying raping Rizzoli, and I was like, <laughs> that she, is not. I was like, she that's... definitely could not have said that because yeah. that was no. So okay. I. That's just, it's just your hayseed or, accent. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is my horrible hayseed hick accent. But I Almost. did mean that Rizzoli is basically a bounty, a bountiful crop <laughs> that we are reaping the benefits of in watching Rizzoli and Isles. And we share those benefits in all the aspects of our lives. Wow. Exactly. I like to bring Rizzoli and Isles into every aspect of my life and everything I do. Of course. And that's okay. it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cutting. Okay. Pretending that. Let, let's pretend for a moment that you were not actually a huge Rizzoli and Isles super fan. Crazy as that might be. And that, eh. that we had just been joking about Rizzoli and Isles. How, are we, how could we pretend that? Why do you think Rizzoli and Isles is a comical. Like. Like. The name of it. 
I think the name of it is very like it's it's, it's funny because it just sounds like the most cop show cop show you could you could even imagine. It gives you no idea what it's about at all. They could be lawyers. I mean, you know, I mean, and Rizzoli, I guess that's a name. I mean, Italians, who knows? Whoa, Donnie Wahlberg is on that show? What? How could he when he's on Blue Bloods? Sorry, I didn't want to say that. I also watch Blue Bloods. <laughs> Traitor! <laughs> I, mean, I, can, I, can see, I can see Blue Bloods and, jo- and Rizzoli and Isles being like the totality of what someone watches. <gasps> what if they did a crossover? Probably did involving they probably, Donnie yeah, they probably Wahlberg's exist. character, Lieutenant Joe Grant. Wow. I would say I consider them to exist in the same universe. The Rizzoliverse? Uh, the the Isleverse. <laughs> I know that there's a lot of debate in online communities about which term to use. See, that's the thing about because it's sort of the duality of the Rizzoli and the Isles, and that's it's there's also a matching duality in all of the uh, the um the fandom people who discuss it and consider it like me the Rizzoli heads and Isles of Maniacs. And so yeah, and so <laughs> that's why my podcast has to have basically two titles. Miles of Isles and Reaping Rizzoli, because one you can't just do one that incorporates both. Otherwise, your title would just be Rizzoli and Isles. And the thing is, is that how you do it is you do that uh, like Tuvan throat singing thing. So you're actually <laughs> saying things about Rizzoli and things about Isles at the same time at two on two different registers. Uh huh. Um, Kathy's very talented. <laughs> this podcast is serious. I've been doing this podcast every week for twenty years. Okay, I'm good at it. <laughs> And, and if you, and if you, and Mark, if you, if you go to the window of your abandoned asylum and listen <laughs> on the wind, you can hear it. Even you're now. Just, you're just across Highway 40 <laughs> from my farm. You, you know, you open the window as you're scrubbing your back with an old fashioned brush, getting more noodles just everywhere. <laughs> and you're like, ah, it's time you for go. Miles of Isles and Reaping Rizzoli. And you go and lie in your your mattress covered padded room, and then you open the window. <laughs> uh, there aren't windows in the mattress covered. Oh, sorry. Uh, room. You go and into the hallway. The the trap door. When I was a kid, I was very specific about this. The trap door that lets you into the room was also mattress padded. So there's no sir. Is the ceiling also mattress? padded? Oh yes, yes. It Just is. in case you could get it up there. Wait, wait. So you get you get in via trap door, like yeah, it's drop like the, in. It's no, 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 no. It, you no, come up from up. the bottom. So it's like a dome oh. of a building, but it's it, yeah, like the top of a spire. Yeah, you climb up the top of a spire. Yeah, I was just imagining. It's like, yep, okay. You open the trap door, come, fall in, and you're like, okay, here I am, <laughs> Can't get forever. Out. <laughs> I get le- it's so soft here, Good and I get I, to never leave. Good thing all of the, I absorbed all that soup through my skin, all that nutrient soup. So now I can just live here. Soup treant. Soup treant. And when my final form comes, emerge as a sky darkening phantom. Made of soup? <laughs> <laughs> Cloud of soup that floats across the countryside, raining soup down on the good children. And that's how uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs begins. <laughs> <laughs> that's the the prequel you're trying to figure out what the prequel was to the penis pixar movie this is the prequel to cloud at the chance of meatballs it's a madman turns himself into soup <laughs> and rains 
Uh-huh. Brain's <laughs> universe is created. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I hiccuped. I'm sorry. Let's all hiccup. I can't do it on command. You could pretend. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're bad at that. <laughs> no, I have really like I got really weird. <laughs> no, that's what my hiccups sound like. They're less. They're not the. They're not the like clean hiccup, a... hiccough of others. It's just like a croaking groan. <laughs> you know, the hiccup is like supposed to be your diaphragm spasming. How can like one spasm be a, a long groan? It's like it slowly spasms. It slowly drags into air. Are you sure you've been hiccuping? Do you know what hiccuping is? <laughs> Look, when you're a wine chugging skeleton like me, things are different. Oh, I bet that skeleton would love to be in some soup. <laughs> oh, that's how you make stock. Oh. Put a skeleton in some soup. Just... He would probably make jokes about that while he was in the soup. <laughs> He's got the the old fashioned back oh, brush. But then his bones would get all rubbery and bendy. Yeah. Well, you know, that's going to be relaxing. That's true. For a skeleton. That that skeleton would have jokes about that, too. (laughs) That guy. Something here smells good. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) He plays a xylophone on his ribs. Again, if you guys had a marimba, you would be able to remedy a lot of these awkward situations. Look, if I had a marimba, a lot of things would be different. So do you think that we should just be doing like marimba free jazz the entire time we're doing our podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, you do, can you do a little bit where you're just doing normal and that where you have the special chime every time someone says, I haven't seen that. And then you also have any time there's something that could be pr- potentially could welcome marimba sound effects, such as discussing the skeleton. I mean, you do have 20 years of podcast experience. So uh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm taking your suggestions very seriously. And I throat sing. I've been throat singing for all 20. Singing and here the we've song just been talking about Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I've been, I, sing, I sing the song of Rizzoli. You and guys, what if Rizzoli and Isles were on Deep Space Nine? <laughs> they would sort all that out. Where they would Odo... sort that whole system out. <laughs> they solve crimes while Odo <clears throat> is just standing there fuming. Well, it's what Odo, you know, someone has to take care of things while Odo is in doing his. His weird Co- sex things? No, his his uh his noir things that you Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. He gets he gets it's you know really addicted noir. to the hollow suite and they're like, Oh, we gotta someone's gotta solve all these crimes. We need to bring in Rizzoli and Isles. They go they time travel into the past. They get Rizzoli and Isles and maybe Donnie Wahlberg. They bring if him up to the Yeah, he well, he's available, he's there in their universe. If he's not filming Blue Bloods. The, is, no, is they're not filming. This, this is a documentary. <laughs> Rizzoli and Isles is happening right now In all of our hearts And in the real world And Blue Bloods is happening right now It, is, it was also renewed for a fifth season So Blue Bloods and Rizzoli and Isles Are the same age Which I don't think is a coincidence <laughs> It's not, it started at the same time It exists in the same universe and I mean a, I was podcasting about it before it started too. So For about 15 years before it started Yeah. Yeah Well you know, it's good to get on the ground floor yeah, I was I was ready. I had my ear to the ground. I was listening to the development rumors. Heard someone whisper about Rizzoli and Isles uh, back in the '90s, and I'm like, oh, Rizzoli, Isles. Immediately, I'm like, 
I need a podcast. When you put your ear to the ground, you literally put your ear to the ground and heard the story from the whispering earth. Yeah. Your eyes shot back into your head. You opened your mouth and strange and like, like sounds emerged. And that was the first episode of uh, Miles of Isles and Reaping Rizzoli. Uh-huh. And ever since, all of the creatures of the earth have come to listen whenever I do the podcast, which is why they gather at my window. Except that old fox, he needs to get on. Get on out of here. Well, it's the fo- only when the fox is transformed into a human, when he's just normal fox. He's just a fox carrying a shoe around. He comes and sits. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, he's got his little shoe. He just sets it on the ground. Yeah, he just puts it on the ground in front of him. He carries it up in his mouth. and then He's like, I already lost one of these. I'm not losing the other. Uh-huh. Sometimes, back when he had two, he had the laces tied and had them over his neck. Aww. But what a one scamp. Of the, yeah, the, the laces came untied, so he lost one of them somewhere, and then just as the one. You guys living, you, you guys really live it up. You've got all your animal creatures, and you've got your asylum. I don't <laughs> even have a marimba. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got that skeleton. Just ask him to play marimba no, on his ribs. I don't have a his skeleton. Ribs. You were lying to us about the skeleton? Well, I mean, I have the one that's in my body. Oh, okay, good. Sorry. That's the one I was thinking of. I'm my my very existence is making soup. Good. That yeah. I mean, because Mark's gonna need it. I don't want Mark to take <laughs> oh, a bath <laughs> in me. <laughs> uh, it's gonna need a big soup supply. Now you know if you come you know back to bathing in soup. I definitely like the more chowdery based ones would would probably be really good for your skin, like all the the milk. Yeah. Again, but, the, think of all the grease. You're, you're going to break out now, horribly. So, so just imagining chowder flowing through the hairs of my beard is a little um, it's disturbing me. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> well, got anything that, where that has any kind of chunks in it. You got all that man hair. Ugh. It's kind of just like a you know, chest hair, just, just full of little meatballs from the, you know. <laughs> from Italian the Italian wedding, wedding suits. <laughs> I also that was a lot of little pieces of like you know uh, um, kale or what is it, an Italian wedding? Is it spinach? Yeah, yeah, just spinach all tangled in there. I, uh, like I think the idea. Italian wedding soup would be a really nice one to bathe in because it's got all those little little round pastas. I feel like that would feel nice. Like massaging. Yeah, nice between your crack. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice in my in my nooks and crannies. Squ- squishy in my cracks. <laughs> all up in the fold. Soft and slippery. <laughs> Or maybe a maybe a barley soup of some sort. So you're looking what you're looking at is little soft small like balls. Yeah. That's what you're interested in, your soup bath. Yeah. Kinda do it just to get you know, a lot of different texture when I move around and you know more you know you know, I wanna feel. I really wanna feel it, you know. I just wanna <laughs> feel something. I just wanna feel something real. And then what I wanna feel is beef barley <laughs> closing over my head. <laughs> Oh, and the tricky thing is you can't bathe in a stew. I don't know why. Why wouldn't you be able to? It was so you could thick. But if you could bathe in a chowder, you could bathe in a stew. I guess that's true. I mean, but I mean, you don't want to start out with that. I mean, that's kind of advanced. I feel like the very last episode is just me sinking into a giant tub of uh, risotto. <laughs> oh, risoli, a giant tub of risoli. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you said? No risotto. 
But risotto is the official dish of Rizzoli and Isles. It is. It's as well as Rizzoli's favorite dish. Yeah. Isles hates it. <laughs> That's an interesting fact about Rizzoli and Isles. Thank you. Oh. you a, what's not an interesting fact about Rizzoli and Isles? <laughs> Nothing. It's the most interesting show. But it's very serious. When you were reading those facts to your parents as a kid, I, I you know, some of most them were. Of the, were most of them were about Rosalie and Isles. And they thought that Rosalie and Isles were like your imaginary friends, but you knew they were, they were just, you were like John the Baptist. You were a voice uh-huh. crying in the wilderness. Yeah, now they know. Now, now they, they all know. know. Now everyone knows. Now you fucking told your parents. Uh-huh. I told you, they made fun of me back in school when I was a child, and I wouldn't stop talking about Rizzoli and Isles, because I kept talking about, you know, it's my favorite drama in TNT. And everyone's like, Kathy, that there is no drama on TNT called Rizzoli and Isles. And I'm like, there will be. There. And they didn't believe me. No one believed me, and now they know. <laughs> you showed everyone. I showed, the, I showed them all. I would like to be in a consomme. Oh. I'll just say that. Let's because I don't want to have all those kind of little jiggly soft things up in my cracks. Now, how about a tomato soup? And then, like, if you had a tomato soup, could you take a grilled cheese in there with you? I always think of tomato soup in general as being just purely for if you get sprayed by a skunk, and that's it. That's tomato juice. But it would work with tomato soup, too. Yeah, but it's so much thicker. Well, maybe that's better. Yeah, I think it would probably have more power because it's probably more condensed. Yeah, and you can, you know, really scrub it in there and it doesn't just, you know, sluice off of you. Yeah, you want you want it to stick so it can absorb that skunky smell. Mm. Have you ever been sprayed by a skunk? No, but one time uh, I was sitting on my porch outside. I'm a hayseed, by the way. Oh. I was sitting on my, my porch and... Uh, a skunk sort of just meandered, was meandering by, so it came up and looked at me, and I said, get out of here, and he turned around and left. Oh, well, yeah. it was, he showed up early, because, for, for your podcast. Yeah, well, he came at a completely wrong time, I mean, it was, well, it was I bet was he like was embarrassed. 11 o'clock at night, my podcast is done at 7 in the morning. <laughs> it's um, difficult for the more nocturnal at- animals, but... Yeah, I wake up at 6, I watch my Rizzoli and Isles, I podcast immediately after it. Mm -hmm. And then just staring at the wall until it's time to go back to bed. Yeah. You know, you live the life that a lot of us wish we could have. Yeah, I consider it a dream life. Yeah. I want to see a poster for this lifestyle, but as drawn by the guy who did uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. (laughs) (laughs) So lots of real stringy, sort of spindly. Yeah. Sketchy horror. It was kind of what I was picturing, yeah. Yeah, that's how I look. Yeah. That's how my body is. You definitely are. You just exist as a big head. <laughs> With like a tiny stringy body floating. Yeah, a tiny but not, stringy it's body. It's not even really attached. And there's like blood dripping all all over it. And your eyes are just little scribbled holes. Yeah, well, and the, yeah, I've just got a sort of sunken cheeks and um, my no lips and just teeth. So it's a sort of skull-like face is how I describe it. And like a, a, like three or four strands of hair. That's it. You're a beautiful woman. I, I consider myself beautiful. It's good. It's good to have self-esteem. Yeah, I think I, I you know, I have a really focused life and I, I uh, feel good about it. I mean, even though you hate women, it's nice to be a beautiful woman. <laughs> I hate yes. women, but oh, so as I said before, my gender is generally interchangeable it just depends on which bow i have on oh which bow? I have a bow 
Oh. It's well, okay, I've got a masculine bow and a more feminine bow, and then I've got no bow. So I've got like three options, really. All right. Is the masculine bl- bow like camo? It's <laughs> camo and studded leather. Mm. And it's got a chain. That's that's for cert- that's for some special square dancing. Yeah, well, it's if I want it's uh, when I want to have that sort of bad boy look. Mm-hmm. But still with some femininity because it is a bow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna, let me see if I can find another limerick. Uh, nope. Ah, yes. <sighs> said, a pr- said a pretty young student from Smith, whose virtue was largely a myth. Try hard as I can, I can't find a man who it's fun to be b- virtuous with. That's I. That's true. I see your point. Yeah, yeah. Being virtuous is. I mean, for me, it's fun, but for a lot of people, I feel like it isn't. A notorious harlot named Hurst, in the pleasures of men, is well versed. Reads the sign or the reads the sign or the head of her well rumpled bed. The customer always comes first. Oh, it's dirty. I just I just like the idea of a notorious harlot. Oh. Gotta start calling people that. That makes me think of like a New England fishing <laughs> village. <laughs> uh, she's it reminds me of, of season three, episode 17 of Rosalina Isles. What well, doesn't? Yeah. Well, most, uh, just the notorious harlot. Mm-hmm. Is that, was that who was murdered? Oh, uh, no. Oh. It just reminded me of that episode. Okay. Now, I have a favorite episode of Rosalina Isles. What? Which one? I bet you're wrong. Pilot. <laughs> The one episode you, know, you saw. The thing about the pilot is that I was so excited to just be seeing Rizzoli Niles. Finally. Finally, for the first time. I've been thinking about it. I've been talking about it for 15 years. Can you imagine your that? your eyes welled up with blood. Oh, sure. I was bleeding all out of all of my orifices. You, um, you, you grew a I'm new orifice a, to bleed listen, out of. I'm, I'm not a healthy woman. Well... Um, if you've seen my body woman. you know what i look like you know what i look like i i am very ill um so it was it was a problem uh you know i was i was um very ill for a long time after that because of the impact that that the pilot of Brazilian isles had on me but so it's a very it's a very positive memory for me though because now you derive your strength from it um I wouldn't say that. It's just that it was. I felt like I, you know, been vindicated for the fifteen years of believing in something that had did not yet exist. It's really beautiful. Yeah, but I am dying. Oh well. I hope. I hope you die. Right after the last, like the credits roll on the final episode of Rizzolian Isles. And that's all I'm really holding on for at this point. Well, no, well, well that, to podcast it. Your last podcast. Afterwards. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. I'll do my final podcast, and then I'm... Currently, the planet is dying immediately afterwards. And then just, the, the foxes and all the, come and, in yeah, and eat you. Yeah, they'll all eat me. And then uh, the Take my cider. Lapse. I do have a, I have a lot of cider in here. They'll take Mostly. your jawbone and like, bring it to pre- Stephen King. They'll take your job. Yeah, I don't really... <laughs> yeah, one of the foxes will take up the podcast, because we've had that arrangement. The rest are going to eat, eat my body, drink all my cider, because that's all that I've been eating and drinking. That's why you're so slim. Yeah. My doctor says that I should have eaten food at some time <laughs> in my life. 
But I found that I could just drink cider and I'm still alive. So now I understand that this is a this is a kind of a cheeky question. But do you ever bathe in the cider? No, it's disgusting. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just a joke. Not the cider, the bathing. I have never, I've never bathed. Ever? Nope. Oh. So, just kind of blue skying with that whole uh, soup thing. Well, I don't. I didn't. But I, I said if I had to do it, I would. I would bathe in a consomme, just because it's the closest thing to water that's available. Mm-hmm. But I would not choose to do it. You know. If only we all get the chance to choose. Yeah. Well. Not everyone can I, live get in a an abandoned farmhouse. So what day is Rizzoli and Isles on? <laughs> Rizzoli and Isles is on every day for me oh. because oh. I watch it every day. Well, you know, uh, if, if I wanted to watch it. If you wanted to watch it, I would just tune in to, to TNT any time of the day. It's probably either on or going to be on soon. All right. It's kind of like a law and order situation. Yeah, I mean, they only have, like, that and maybe, like, two other shows. Yeah. I don't watch the other ones, so I don't have a vague awareness of them, because sometimes, occasionally, there'll be a promo at the end if I can't turn my TV off fast, fast enough. Fast enough. Yeah. Or, at the very least, just turn your head. Or turn, yeah, I just try to avert my, I definitely avert my eyes, but sometimes I hear it and I, you know, clap my hands over my ears. And you scream. My hands are very, I scream, but my hands are very thin, so they don't have a lot of sound-stopping They're actually ability. diaphanous. Yeah, and I'm very, very weak, so my voice is uh, not great in terms of screaming. I can't get the volume up too high, or else uh, I will. My lungs will fall out of my body. And your hands are so, so bony. So yeah, there's you're so, your fingers are so long and spindly and thin that it's just there's no meat to them. It's like putting a, a couple sticks up against your ears and expecting them to block sound out. It's just not going to happen. The An ad the for Insight commercial, the Shield or whatever. Yeah, well, no, that's not FX. <laughs> definitely not that. We don't watch that. That's too silly for me. Uh, I, I, I know, I know. It's very silly. It's a silly show. It's just, a, it's just silly like The Wire. So two silly shows, and I would not ever watch them. Why would Wait, you need turn. to though? No, I wouldn't have got Rosalie Niles. <laughs> and Blue Blood sometimes. Sometimes, you know. It's a CBS show, so I don't get I don't get over that network as much. And you don't, have a, you don't have a Blue Buds podcast, do you? No, but because it's in the same universe and, you know, sometimes I'm talking about Donnie Wahlberg's character, um, I'll make some oblique mentions to it, but they none of my fans like that, so I try to avoid it. Is Donnie Wahlberg playing the same character as his character in Band of Brothers? Probably. He's playing a... I wasn't talking Donnie, to you, Mark. He's playing a Donnie Wahlberg type. Okay. Yeah, he's te- he tends to be pretty good at those. So, yeah, that's he's playing the same one. He's a guy. So he plays a guy who looks like Donnie Wahlberg. Oh well, good casting. So yeah. <laughs> if they hadn't gotten him, who knows what they would have done? They probably would have had to go. You know, know like Mark Wahlberg or someone not quite yeah. as good. Someone's like a lower tier actor. A lower tier tier Wahlberg. A lower tier. A lesser Wahlberg. A lesser Berg, of the wall. <laughs> oh no! Sounded, After sounded... all, we're all just Bergs in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this episode marks the longest we've ever talked about one subject. <laughs> it's only because I keep bringing it up. <laughs> I think it's also definitely the most involved mythology that we've ever developed. Oh, the wiki's gonna be bursting after this. <laughs> oh, you guys have a wiki? In my in my dreams. 
Oh, my Rosalie Niles podcast is a wiki because oh. there's a lot of... I bring up a lot of topics that I believe have been going on in the show, but haven't actually... Like, by most standards, people would say, oh, that didn't actually happen, but I think it did. So I, I talk like, a lot about that. I like the idea that, like, as Rizzoli and Niles is ending and you're screaming to block out the sound of the promo, the f- the foxes and everything are all gathered outside and one of them pulls out, like, a netbook and opens it up and just gets ready to begin <laughs> entering information. Into the wiki. <laughs> he's ready. He, he's my chronicler. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm understanding now why you really get upset when that one fox shows up in human form because you know he's going to take your place and you're like, no, no, I am not yet ready. The show is not over. <laughs> well, Stay I mean, away, Lucius. Like, Stay away. Lucius knows. <laughs> and he and, and I know when the show is going to end because, I mean, I knew when it was going to start. I know when it's going to end. I know everything past, present, and future about Rosalie and Isles. So, um. It's really just, I mean, I, and I've come to grips with my mortality, I feel like, because that's all I contemplate, really. I watch Rosalie and Isles and contemplate mortality. Mm-hmm. You contemplate so Rosalie and Isles happening after, like, like the existence of the program that others will watch it after you're gone? Oh, I think a lot about that. I think a lot about which people will watch it, how many people will watch it, you know, who will buy the DVDs, um, all that kind of stuff. Just people who watch it, you know, because they happen to be, you know looking through the channels and they happen to see that's on TNT and they stop there and it looks okay. It's got some sort of like sort of hot chicks in it. And then they realize the depth of like how deep a show it is. Now, are you going to die when the last new episode airs or are you going to die when it's no longer in syndication or reruns and it is the last time it ever airs on television ever? The last time ever. Oh, wow. You could live for a thousand years. You may outlive us all. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a long. T- I'm I'm in it for the long haul. I think they're Lucius putting, is in it for the long haul. I, I think I did read that they were putting a couple episodes of Rizzoli and Isles uh, on the like that gold space disc. Uh huh. <laughs> that was me. I had there's a letter writing campaign. I started that. You and all the coyotes. Yeah, we all got together, um, and I had a petition, and I wrote a lot. I wrote 500 letters every day for seven years. With your spindly, spindly fingers. Yeah. Uh, I actually just dip my fingertip into a well of ink, and then I can use that as a pen because it's very sharp. Yeah. <sighs> what do you so make the ink out of? Uh, I just cough into it, and I have this sort of black fluid that comes out of my lungs. <laughs> it's an icker. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would describe it as. <sighs> Rizzolian icker. <laughs> There's a, I wrote a fanfic called that. Oh, you do write fanfic. Oh, oh, for sure. Well, it's what I consider to be the true canon. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Of Rizzoli and Isles. Um, and yeah, so there's a couple, but there's a couple AUs. Rizzoli and Acre is an AU um, where it's basically um, Hexus from Fern Gully. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> Who comes in is the new medical examiner, replaces Isles. Toxic love. Yes, and he does, he does the whole, like, the toxic love He, song. like, oozes over crime scenes. While singing yeah, Toxic and, Love. And he and Rizzoli have sex. Oh, well, yeah. Really yeah. ickery. Oh, it's gross. It's gross. <laughs> like you're and really- I've gotten several... I, it's been taken down from fanfiction.net 17 or 18 times. <laughs> oh, well, you should, you should definitely put it on Archive. Up archive. Our own. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I have it up on all the major sites, but just ff.net has had more complaints, I think. Yeah, they're always getting complaints. I think it's a lot of like young girls' mothers 
Some sort stuff. of like, yeah. Well, a lot of young girls do watch, you know, Rizzoli and Isles because it's very inspirational for young women. And a lot of young girls have gotten sexually turned on by Hexus from Fern Gully. <laughs> You're telling me, sister. So there's that combo. That's a pretty dangerous, you know, but you're you're molding young minds. I can yeah, actually, and I think... I can imagine I'm a just really, It's very sexual. I can imagine a sensual crossover between Hexus and Ursula from <clears throat> The Little Mermaid. I can that, imagine that it, exists. and I can make it real. Do it, write it. I wouldn't Are, read it because I only like serious things, but... It seems a little frou-frou for you. It seems a little silly. I mean... Little Mermaid seems a little silly to me compared to Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> I haven't seen Fern Gully either. <laughs> Wait, then how do you know? Wait, is Hexus the actual name of that thing? Yes. <laughs> how do you know that? Uh, I think um, I think uh, like a possum told it, told me about it. Hexus. Yeah. Chaos reigns. Also, Sometimes we we chat. You and the we'll possums. After, yeah, after my podcast, they'll just come over and sort of talk about other time, you know, other kinds of stuff they're into. When and animals tend to be really floor. different. Gully. Yeah, well, so I, I usually insensate. Yeah, I usually collapse. Um, just because I I've used all of my resources of energy to get out of bed, watch Resilient Isles, and then sit and do the podcast. So that's all the energy I have for the day. And when so you I'll collapse. Sort of just you're so light that you kind of you just sort of float to the ground, like a so feather sort of what in happens, wind. Yeah, so you know, like a dead leaf. Sometimes, if there's a light breeze, they'll sort of like twitch slightly as it gets pushed by the wind. That's sort of what I'm like when I'm laying down, just with any breeze or slight wind that comes along and sort of tossing me around. While you're also, you know, incredibly beautiful. Well, I don't think anyone in the world has ever said that. I just I, did. Very, I would say, very gruesome and in a state of uh, living decay. I'm like a living corpse. A beautiful living corpse. Yeah, that's, I guess that's your opinion. I mean, I'm entitled to it. And uh, this isn't Soviet Russia. Opinion. Some might say that. You're not have, some I Soviet have, dog. I have the freedom to bark about your beauty all I want, just like those coyotes. Or coyotes, if you will. Coyotes. The coyotes, uh, a lot of them will come up and sort of like worry me with their teeth because they think I might be close to death. But I say, get out of here, Jake. Oh, that Lucius. Jake. Lucius just la- Lucius laughs because he knows when it. He knows when it's going to happen. He he's like, guys, she's not dead yet. Yeah, he's like, it's a couple years yet. Because he knows he's going to take over that P-cast. Oh, yeah. He's going to be P-casting. All over the place. <laughs> he can't. He can't talk so much, so it's... He's done like a demo for me because I had auditions for who was going to. Oh. And it was really just him sitting in front of a microphone for like, you know, about an hour and a half. I liked his vibe, though. He had a good vibe. Yeah, he sounds like he has a good vibe. That's true. That's really promising. Yeah, he has a little bit more style. Yeah, he's got more panache than a lot of the animals do. Than your average, you know, coyote or raccoon. Mm. There, there were some that were very chattery and very loud, and they did a lot of noise making, and I was not as into that. I like the silence a lot better. You'd think like a raccoon would be a good podcaster since they have those clever little hands. They can manipulate the microphone really well. I'll say that, but they do tend to wash it first, and then it breaks. So, yeah, they do. Not well. a lot of raccoon casts out there. 
Yeah. Chittering over the airwaves. Five hours of chittering. <laughs> about uh, five hours? I can really only stand about four hours of chittering. <laughs> yeah, some people just leave it on as background noise. Some people sleep, fall asleep to it. I mean, that'll get me through like half of my commute, but I really yeah. need more chittering. More chittering. <sighs> I think five hours of chittering is a good title for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we could go for five hours guys we could <laughs> i feel like every time there's a, there's a pause it's like all of us going she gotta keep is, are we gonna keep doing this <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna rizzoli and isles forever <laughs> we can talk about rizzoli and isles as long as you want i've been talking about it for 15 years i can talk about it for five hours easy i thought 20 i mean years i had to take some some medical grade stimulants to get me conscious for this long because otherwise i would have passed out within you know 15 minutes you're probably dizzy oh i don't know where i am i don't I like know where i you're am rec- you're reclining on a chair that's actually just a bunch of live raccoons have, have they've climbed on top of each other to form a platform to support your prone form uh-huh they prop me up occasionally now i've seen little bits of of your home you know when we're having our google hangouts but correct me if i'm wrong you have no furniture, just bare wood floors that creak when you walk and dust comes out of them, except for your desk where, you're, where you podcast and your TV where you watch Rizzolian Isles. I have a rocking chair. Oh, okay. Like, it's a very creaky old rocking chair. And I, I sometimes will watch Rizzolian Isles in that, but I don't rock during the episode because I don't want to miss any of the sound. I don't want to obscure anything. Yeah, that's important. Sound design is one of the major components. I could talk for a couple hours about sound design and Rizzolian Isles if you want. Um, yeah, what are, what are some of the highlights of the sound design in Rizzoli Niles? Well, it's interesting. So um, they tend to use a relatively limited amount of Foley effects and then reuse them. Mm. I've noticed because I've, I've compiled uh, a spreadsheet of um, every sound effect that's been used. And some of them are up in the you know, like 15, 20, 30 episode range in terms of usage. Like a like heels on a on a floor or yeah, so they use a certain type of heel typically for Rizzoli's heels versus Isles. Is like Isles is more of like a flats girl. She's practical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, medical. Um, yeah, she's the medical examiner. So you know, sometimes she'll wear more comfy shoes if she's going to be on her feet for a long time. So they have a different type of sound for her her feet. They ever use the Wilhelm scream? Um... Because if so, fuck them. Yeah, where I know, I know there's a lot of opposition to it. They see because most of they deal with already dead bodies, and there isn't a lot of like action that happens during the show. Okay, it's a very it's a serious show, as I said. Oh so yeah, it's not silly. Think... It's not silly, and the Wilhelm scream yeah. is pretty silly. There was during a sex scene once. I think uh, Rizzoli made the Wilhelm scream sound effect, though. Most people do. Yeah, that's that was her orgasm sound. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> That's not what I was imagining. (laughs) (sighs) When does this podcast end? (laughs) It ends. Actually, guys, I have an email. How about I read the email that we got? Let's do it. Please. (laughs) It, It had the subject line, weird spam, which made me suspicious. But it's about, it's from Mo, who wrote, 
For some reason, I took note of an up, a couple odd spam messages I got around 2008, and this week's episode prompted me to dig it up again. One had the subject line, Hash Brown's Adultery. But sadly, I didn't write down what the body of the email said. The other had the subject, Gay Rights Terrorist Kills Eight in Fabulous Bombing. And interior message, Obama converts to Judaism. And it was indeed spelled <laughs> Judaism. At the time, I mentioned it to a friend, and he, and he, re- he had just received one with the subject, McCain will promote the takeover of America, and the body text, cannibalism in the USA. I do still wonder about the concept of fabulous bombing by gay terrorists. Did the bomb shoot out glitter? Big feather boas? Free condoms? A truly fabulous bomb wouldn't kill anyone, though. As always, it was a delight to listen to the show this week. I look forward to it every Sunday. Well, let's see if you still think that now. Why would you be listening to this garbage when you could be <laughs> watching Rizzoli and Isles? Uh, I think that I think I've probably converted a lot of people over to my podcast. I guess, I guess one. you know, it does come on at six in the morning if you're if you're pre. Well, seven. So six is when I'm watching the episode. Seven is when I'm pcasting. Okay. And so all you have to do is gather outside my window, where look for all the animals. Basically, I'm out across the road from the asylum. Mm-hmm. Watch out for those animals. <laughs> Just the animals, not they're, they're not, yes, they're not tame. When all. you smell soup, you know you're almost there. Yeah, the scent of Merck's soup carries for miles in every direction. I thought you said Merck soup. Merck soup. The smell of Merck soup. Oh, you hayseed. Sorry, that's my <laughs> accent. That's a normal American accent. You guys have weird East Coast style accents. <laughs> Neither of us are from the East Coast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you've, got, you've gained those accents over time. You've lived there for too long. <laughs> Hey, Kathy, got anything you want to plug? Um, So my, I mean, just Rizzoli and Isles in general, that, that's first and foremost. You should be watching it. Um, it's probably the, it, definitely the best show that's ever been made. Um, What else? My podcast. Uh, that's, so that's 7 o'clock every morning. Mm-hmm. And gosh, what else is there? Blue Bloods. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Brian Weekly. And you're, you're on Twitter at? Uh, at uh, MySocks, M-I-S-O-K-S. That's how it's spelled. Yeah. K-S. K-S. You have to hit your K key in a very special way, and it will register yeah. that as correct. It's a delicate keystroke. <laughs> and I'm Whitney Arner on Twitter. Mark and I'm is Mark, Mark Hoffman. Oh, and uh, we are I Haven't Seen on Twitter. And... You can email us your favorite Rizzoli and Isles fanfic at I haven't seen that podcast at gmail.com or call it in on the phone number that I'm not going to look up right now. It's on our website at I haven't seen that.com. You should really look that up for the episode. <laughs> like, just write it down somewhere. So, yeah. I have to, I always, every time, I'm like, I forgot. It's so hard. <sighs> <laughs> Kathy, I mean this in all sincerity. This may be my favorite episode yet. <laughs> You're welcome. So uh, keep keep the faith, Rizzole heads. You Rizzolianiacs. Filing out. Keeping it Rizzle. <laughs> Miles of Isles. Uh, uh, Reaping Rizzoli, my podcast again. It's uh, We can never compete with it, but thank you for sharing a little bit of the magic with us. Resilient Isles! <laughs> I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one yet. It's on my Netflix. 
but I haven't seen that one yet. <sighs> All right. Well done, everyone. Good hustle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> let's just keep listening, though, for a little bit. Just a little while longer. What happens at the end? Uh, usually I ask people if they want to sing the theme song, but I think I'm going to start doing that because most people don't. Do you? <laughs> Kathy, would you sing? Would you sing the theme song to Rizzolian Isles? <laughs> well, it starts out with this sort of a long uh, drum solo, and then it kind of sort of driving me like dun da da 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 Rizzoli like that. And then, oh, okay. And Isles dun da da 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 dun da da. It's about seven minutes long. Seven minutes long. So there's a long build. Yeah. And then it's just more Rizzoli. And Isles, so like that for a long time. I get it. It's beautiful. Anyway, um, I'm gonna go make some soup. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, okay, bye.